so people knew I was bringing all the, the stuff back here and I was the main importer in England of gear, steroids and the blues and people talk. People talk, it got to Interpol and Interpol were tracking my flights and they knew where I was going. They just came around with guns, you know, and they went, right, you under arrest. It was in the newspapers over there, the front page, the biggest seizure in Spanish history of uh, pharmaceutical drugs. Cat ate me up and um, they were doing their investigations. I was under remand for a year and a half before I even heard anything. And then I had to learn the language because everybody there, nobody else was English. I didn't fit in anywhere, you know, because I was Sikh and I was English. Welcome back to KRN TV, we're bringing you the most exciting interviews from around the world. Today, delighted to be in Newcastle with the main man himself, Chet Sandu, the King of Karachi. Chet, how are we doing? Happy New Year. Oh, cool, Happy New Year to you too, yeah. Thank you, and thank you very much for the opportunity, it's much, much appreciated. Sure, no problem, man. So, a lot of you guys out there are going to know all about Chet, he's a bit of a YouTube veteran, he's had millions of views, like, latest things on Lad Bible, we'll put the links below, he's done so much stuff on Sean Atwood over the years. Um, but for people who don't know, Chet's got an absolutely insane story. Um, he ended up sort of culminating in him bringing back steroids and Valiums and stuff like this from Pakistan after doing other countries back to Spain, ended up getting busted and luckily ended up getting a four and a half year sentence in Spain. Um, lots more stuff happened since he's come back from there. But Chet, let's get into it and find out sure. how you sort of ended up at these points and that. So. If possible, we'd like to go back um, with all our guests, look a little bit into their background and see what sort okay, of great the person they are today. So, in yourself, always been from some Newcastle area? Uh, no, I was born in Hitchin, Hertfordshire, uh, till I was about four. Then I went to schooling in Huddersfield, West Yorkshire, until I was 15. And then my old man bought a shop up here, this area, and then I was stuck behind the till, so... Uh, that was my progress until then. And so it was a shop really what made me change my mindset. Uh, I had loads of other thoughts in my head, yeah, at first year. You know, I wanted to be an artist. I wanted to be this, I wanted to be that. I was a quiet boy, but um, getting stuck up here, uh, putting in, because we were the first brown faces in the area here uh, back in 1984. And it was quite hard work then. Mm. And it was all that that was like just like it just changed my mindset, you know. So a lot of discrimination you think sort yes. of created um, sort of fire inside of you. Did yeah. you have bigger brothers or anything like this, sort of take care of you, show you the way? No, nobody like that. Nobody like that, unfortunately. I did have a brother, uh, but he moved to Manchester and now he lives in Tuscany. Vineyard he has there, uh, but I got no help from nobody like that. Uh not from the Asian community, none. Um, they weren't really interested because they were all in the same boat up here. They were all getting abuse as well. They had shops and what they'd bought. They were all in the same boat, they were all getting shit. And uh, it was one of them where handling your own shit. 
Mm, so, was it a happy childhood up until that point, though, when you sort of No, not really happy no. childhood. <laughs> the first time I got a present was when I was seven years old, and that was a box of Maltesers. Uh, never been abroad until I was 18, and just made to work, really. Uh, had to work, 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 uh, because that was the ethics from the Punjab. Uh, like my mother, when she was five years old, she had to work, she they had to wake up at five o'clock in the morning and clean out the farm, clean out the uh, cows, the chickens, what animals we had in in India on the farm, and she had to do that for 12 hour shift, and that's it, and that's at five years old. And there's kids now you see at five years old, what do not have a clue really, you know, they're not waking up. At, 5 a.m. and going to work in the farm outside. and But these are the ethics, what they put into me. Because my parents thought because they lived over there, they could bring us up like um, how they were, you know. But they don't understand. This is England, you know. It's a totally different place here. I've seen it myself with my Indian friends and that, and their parents expect them to work they in their expect businesses it. For, for free. Forever. Forever. And, <laughs> Forever. Yeah. And it is, yeah, like I yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, expected, isn't it? You know, it's England here. You know, it's a totally different story. Uh, we have to deal with everything else that's happening around us here. It's not like over there where everybody shows you respect and this and that. You know, uh, here you just get abuse and abuse and abuse. So it was like a total mixture. Cultures what came to me and... It was hard to take, you know, because I wasn't, I didn't have a clue about any of it. Especially from moving from Hertfordshire to Huddersfield, Huddersfield up to Newcastle here. Uh, it was all a bit of a hard, it was all a bit of a mind blow. Of course. And yeah. were you ever in trouble as a kid? Did you have any police trouble or anything like this? Or was it the sort of discrimination that uh, sort of ended up culminating in you? Right, trouble as a kid back in Huddersfield. Uh, Shoplifting, I got Nick for twice uh, because uh, we didn't have no money, but I just used to steal to eat, you know. Uh, things I used to steal, it was food, and uh, but that's how it was back then until we got the shop and then we started to roll and then things more moved on. So this, when they moved up here and got the shop, they hadn't had shops before, so sort of we had a shop in Huddersfield. Yes. So had that for a couple of years, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but that wasn't good because we were opposite a reggae club, mm. the shop. The reggae club was 24-7. It never shut. It was... Um, my bedroom was opposite them and all you could hear was like reggae music, bang, bang, bang every night. Mm. And then they used to come in the shop and try and steal... Uh, my dad couldn't really handle it. He used to like just have a break and put me and my sister on the tail. But we were only 14 and 13 at a time. So when there's big black guys who come in your shop, yeah, there's not a lot that you know a kid, you know, a kid can do. Mm. And so we dealt with that one. So that was a hassle we were getting down there. Uh, that was off the black people. And then we moved up here. And then we get a hassle of the white people. So did your parents never consider moving down south or have you got family down no, there? No, down south, no, because it was far too expensive. Yeah. Far too expensive. Uh, the money that we had, uh, we had to go somewhere cheap and that's north. Yeah. 
So this is where the only way we could start a business was to move up north, uh, buy a shop, and make a fresh start sort of thing. Because if you go down south, you do need a lot of money. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 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 sure, sure. So like you said, once you're working in the shop and you're sort of getting discriminated against, and is this what led you to sort of jumping into the gyms and stuff and thought, right, whatever? Well, yeah, it was all the abuse. But we took the abuse for like years, uh, from 15 to 21. From 20, I started to train. 20, I started to train. And um, because you just have enough. And then I thought, listen, this isn't the way forward here to have a life like this. Um, So I just wanted like, to move on from from this, uh, to move on from that, when I was uh, twenty, I got my uh, clothes shop s- substance, um, which was difficult to s- set up here uh, because back then Newcastle was still a bit backward from the south, okay. and the clothing I had, I was selling Vivian Westwood, Nick Coleman. Destroy Joe Casely Hayford labels. What I've never been seen here, you know. Yeah, yeah, expensive. So it was the gay community who used to come and buy. Ladies wear also are sold. Two floors of shoppers on, but um, I used to go to uh, Milan, Paris, London to buy to order. But um, the things I was ordering, yeah, was the things I liked, Yeah. yeah. What the things what I think girls have been, they, they, you know, it, it was just my choice really, yeah. which was wrong. I should have picked what I know what's going to sell. Yeah. Yes. So I made a mistake in that one. And through that, credit card fraud I was involved in uh, with families from the West End of Newcastle, certain ones. I uh, don't, don't want to mention their names, but there was about three or four of them. Uh, they were just into, they had guys who would... Uh, Snatch handbags, do this, do that, steal, bring in a credit card. And back then, you just had the roller machine, you yeah. know? And it was easy to just smash a card in for a grand. grand. So, so was it through the, sh- the shop sort of struggling and such that you sort of fell in? Did you fall into these sort of credit card frauds and stuff like this? Credit card fraud, yeah, I fell into that. because these I, the first the, crimes you'd ever been involved in other than the shoplift petty stuff? Heavy, like yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, heavy, yeah. yeah. Um, so that's what I was doing, and then I was told the police are watching my shop from across from across the road. Cameras were watching me because um, gangster families were walking into my shop, and they were thinking, "Well, obviously he's like involved in more, more than just uh, cards here. It must be drugs. It must be this. It must be that." I got told this, so what I did in the end, which is quite bad, I ripped off a lot of people uh, who I bought clothes off. Um, and just and then I sold everything off in the end. There was like pieces for three to four hundred pound. On the last day, I sold for a fiver. I put a sign in the window. Everything five five pound. There was a Moschino Westward. There was like top labels, and then boom, sold out all of it. I got the money, and then I became a doorman. I became a doorman in Newcastle. Uh, so that was my only option. So I started the doors. And from there, um, steroids I was into, yeah. I could get them and obtain them. The other lads, they wanted them. So I supplied them. So it just started off slowly, slowly, slowly. And then I was going on holiday at a time with my wife and the kids. We were going to Greece, uh, Turkey, Spain, 
just all these areas around here, bringing back a little bit of gear and uh, moving it on, moving it on, moving it on. And that's what I was doing. But then I want to take it to a so higher scale. Yeah. Let's do this. High scale. Yeah. I want to go to the source, yeah. you know, where, where it comes from originally. And I sourced that. Karachi is the place. Karachi was a place because nobody wanted to do business with uh, Pakistan because at the uh, time Al-Qaeda, Taliban were like sort of rising up then. And I was told because I'm a Sikh guy. That's what I was going to yes, ask, like being an Indian I'm Sikh, yeah. Sikh. So I changed my name to uh, Jet Khan. Can you get away with this? Because if you meet a... <laughs> Pakistani man or yeah, Indian man, can yeah. you tell between straight away? Within? They can, they can, they can, they can. But they because can. you're English, you can sort of half get away with it. Well, yes, 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 yes. Uh, and we both speak the same language, sort of, and I just said, listen, I ain't that clued up because I'm born in England. Yeah. You know, so I don't speak the same as you. A bit ignorance to Well, it, yeah, yeah, you know, it's... Uh, so I did get away with that, and... And it worked. And talk to me about how dodgy Pakistan was then at these times. Right? How dodgy it yeah, is, right. You, you, you uh, went out there without a link to get them, didn't you? you yes. To find a link. No links, yeah. Zero links. I worked with my two half-cousins. Uh, we had to go ask around, do this, do that. I was told if they find out you're a Sikh, chances are they will kidnap you. Taliban, they will hold you, uh, contact your family, say we want half a mil, if you don't pay, then he's dead. Uh, but all this, I just, I wouldn't ask, you know? I just thought, fuck it, uh, I'm just gonna make my moves. If I die, I die. That was my ethics. So then you become a bit fearless at that point due yeah. to all the discrimination and all the stress and the hardship you've well, been Well, yeah, the, all that, all that, so and the steroids I was taking as yeah, well, yeah. they no. don't make it no. my mind good anyway, because no. then I was quite big as well. And it was all like a bit of a mix-up of everything, you know. Um, my mind wasn't straight. I wasn't scared of nothing then. Yep. Nobody. Or for anything. Taliban, Al-Qaeda, I said, they can suck my dick. <laughs> this was <laughs> at the time, right? No offence to Al-Qaeda, yeah? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you'll be the next... Uh, the next Don't be doing all that to me, yeah? Uh, next bomb will be a new <laughs> Second bomb. Right, okay. And apart from that, uh, I, I made the links. And so what, how, how would you go about it when you're out there? Would you ask taxi drivers or what? Right, or what, uh, taxi what, drivers, no. Yes, at first, at first, yeah. But uh, what we did was we stayed in this hotel, yeah, where the eighth floor was full of prostitutes. Turkish, Russian, um, it was the only one what did this, but everybody, everybody like the chief narcotics sir of Karachi Airport, the chief of police, all the top people, they, they used to come there to fuck the girls. And I was always there because I was on the eighth floor. And uh, so I met them all there and I told them, they know, listen, why are you here, you know? We know you're not like a Muslim because they see my passport at the hotel. Yeah. And uh, so I explained to them. And they went, all right. And they were okay with it. Even the chief of police gave me a lump of hash. He 
he gave me a lump my heart. He went, that's for you, I like you. But they wanted to see if I was like a Muslim because they wanted me to fuck up to, to fuck a prostitute in front of them. Yeah. They said, uh, fuck her in front of you. We want to have like, a little show because you're big, muscly. They're all like smallish. And they just wanted me to fuck this girl. And uh, so I went, go on then. But the girl would, wouldn't do it. She went, no, no, I ain't going to do that, yeah. No, so that never happened. And maybe they just wanted to see if my dick was cut or not, you know? Okay. To see if I was Muslim or not yeah, Muslim. Yeah. yeah. So that was the plan behind that. But after that, they did take care of me. The chief narcotics officer at Karachi Airport was paid off. £100 a suitcase. He said, uh, you bypass every x-ray machine. You bypass us. You bypass everybody. When he used to meet me at the airport, boom, he was always there where people have to go through the procedure with a cute, no, 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 none of that. Straight through, all the way through, as if I was like, you know, like a yeah. boom actor or whatever. Yeah. That's how I got trapped. And obviously, uh, went without saying that you got them at dirt cheap price out there in Pakistan. Yes. Like how much would you sort of be expected to make? Say you bought £1,000 worth. Out there, what would that convert to? Right, volume, volume, yeah. Okay, volume, I was paying £9 for a 1,000 tablets. Yeah. In Scotland, they go for £2 a tablet. So you can work that out yourself, you yeah. know. Uh, two grand, I could, that was, that was a street price, and yeah. I was paying £9. Um, but I but I sold in bulk. I was selling for £150 a tub. Uh, costing me nine quid. Yeah. So the, the, the markup is massive. Yeah, yeah, of course. Mules I had also. Mules I used to take with me. I used to pay them £1,000 each. Yeah, because you had some successful trips before. Well, yes, uh, yes, 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 yeah. yes, yes. We all walked with them. They got paid £1,000. I, I paid for all the holiday, their trip, everything. All that, uh, the food, the costs. I didn't, I didn't pay for their prostitutes, though, yeah? I mean, that's your fucking job, yeah? I bet they're cheap enough out there, anyway. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> Not if you want one, it's like a, like here, it's a um, weekly man's wage. So it's only the top level who can afford this, yeah. you know? So that's why I that's why I mix with all the top level people there. Mm. So by that point there, you were sort of living... The good life at that point in a bubble where everything's going well, you've had a few successful trips, yeah. Selling lots of steroids and Valiums, yep. taking lots of steroids yourself and probably I'm, 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 I'm volume and everything else, yeah. And so then eventually in um, 99, you've gone back out to Pakistan again for uh -huh. the next trip, and yep. um, right, Interpol were watching me now at this point. Um, Create some heat back here or just take a look. Well, yes, Don't people in like, countries, it must be. Pardon? Going to these source countries, you must put yourself on the radar then. Well, yes, yes. And also, people knew I was bringing all the, the stuff back here and I was the main importer in England of gear, yeah. steroids and the blues and people talk. People talk. It got to Interpol and Interpol were tracking my flights and they knew where I was going. And then I lost a load from uh, Karachi to Amsterdam, Amsterdam to Newcastle. I lost that one. How, how did you lose it? The bags didn't come uh, around? Or? Yes, the bags never came around. They said that they're on the next flight. 
They said that they're on the next flight, and I went, right, that's a fuck up. Uh, we can't go get them ones. And then I got a phone call saying that we've x-rayed the bags. If you come to collect these bags, you're going to be arrested. So I was like, right, okay. So that's that lost. There's no way you could just get your people to stop just sending it directly back, or would it not get through? Tried that. Yeah. Tried that in parcels. I uh, made little boxes of it, posted them of different people's passports, IDs, different addresses, different this, different that. No, all got all got stopped. Yeah, everyone. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy. So yeah. So then you've ended up um, in '99, then flying back, and there was a few of you there. So you've ended up coming back. Was it directly to Alicante, or was it? Did you go to right? Alicante? It was uh, Karachi. Right. The first flight was from Newcastle to Barcelona. Barcelona to Karachi, and then it was Karachi to Alicante. Alicante, and then uh, it was going to be from Alicante, I was going to get the train, not the flight. You know, we were going to get the yeah, train back, because I've already lost the load, you know, so I think if they see my name on the on the airport, yeah. boom, it's going to go ding in it, so we're going to get the train back. But they knew what I was doing, so landed at Alicante, with two mules, we had about half a mil's worth of gear on us, and uh, they just came around with guns, you know, and they went, right, you, under arrest. And what was that feeling like on that day then, obviously? <laughs> the feeling was like, what the fuck? But I felt sorry for the two guys I had with me. It was um, a boyfriend and, a, and his girl. They were only young. It was the first time that they'd been abroad. And I felt so for them first. I thought, what the fuck? I thought, I can handle this shit, yeah? Um, but, they're, but they're in this now as well. And when we were getting interviewed, uh, they did try and put all the blame on me. Because uh, that's what the Spanish police are like. They just pulled out the guns. I had rings on me. I had this on me, that on me. Took it all off me. You ain't getting nothing back. You're fucked. You're going to get 10 years here. And that's what they told them. And they were only 19 and 21 at the time. So they were the first time that they've ever been abroad. Mm. Karachi, and for a holiday, is it not, it's not the best place the first time for the first holiday. But did you know um, how serious it was, or did you think it wasn't as, as serious because it right. was yes. and stuff like this? Yes. Yeah. In this country, Class C. In Spain, Class A. Yeah. In Spain, they only have uh, two Class A, cl Class B. Class B, marijuana, cannabis, hash, pollen. Class A is everything else. Um, they worked it out like this. Diazepam has 10 milligram of that in a tablet. Uh, the tablet weighs, I don't know how many grams it weighs, yeah? 50 grams or whatever, but it was 10 milligram in a tablet. So they added all the 10 milligrams up in 250,000 tablets and they said, right, you've got two and a half kilo of a class A drug. I went, how can you do that? Yeah, you can't take out, that's like, uh, I thought, what, really? And they went, yeah, you're fucked here. So he went, what you're looking at is 10. If you make a deal, you'll get nine. And uh, in the end, 
And where were you at this point? You've been reminded to... Yeah, to... Uh, Fort Calent. Is it, Fort Calent. Fort Calent, yeah. Fort Calent, yeah. And that's meant to be a crazy prison, isn't it? That was fucking crazy, yeah, mental, mental. It's one of the worst Spain, it's the one of the worst in Spain, because it's an old jail. Cat ate me up because of the amount I had. They thought I had yachts there, they thought I had houses there, cars there maybe. They wanted to take all that off me. So Cat ate me up and... Um, they were doing their investigations. I was on remand for a year and a half before I even heard anything. And that's the worst time, isn't it? When yes, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I had to learn the language because everybody there, nobody else was English, yeah, all Spanish, Lots of foreign South American, Russians, Lots Germans, as well. Moroccan, Algerians, Gypsies, original ones. Um, it was all like a mix of it, yeah. I didn't in anywhere you know because I was Sikh and I was English so I so bet that was an absolute nightmare out there you can't huh. speak the language and how would you even go back get a lawyer did you might meet one through the court process and firstly I've got one he was shit duty yeah well not duty somebody told me get this one two grand I paid him he said I'll get you uh, bail I'm going go on then go on then he didn't get me no fucking bail it was only when I could speak Spanish that I started to talk to the top heads there who were in for 160 kilo of cocaine from uh, Panama, Ve Venezuela, M Morocco, Algeria, bringing in kilos and kilos of hash. They said, you need a Ben lawyer. They went, this is your man. And so they stuck me up with, and so they stuck me in with, with this geezer. And um, he says, right, he says, I want three grand and then I want another six to pay the judge, and you'll get four and a half. I went, right, will I? He went, yeah. I went, go on then. Over the moon with that, if you could get that. Well, yes, yes, yes. You yes. a remand as well for yeah. a year and a half. Yeah, 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 yeah. So Most that was like so. four and a half. He says, out of that, you have to, all you have to do three. Um, I've done a year and a half. It was coming up to two years. So I went, right, go on then. I went, yeah. Go on, I'll take that all day long. And so you end up going to court and you, he did end up managing to get you And there. he did the job, yeah. And he did the job. It was in the newspapers over there, the front page, the biggest seizure in Spanish history yeah. of uh, pharmaceutical drugs. Still is the biggest seizure. No one's yeah. done my record yet. Yeah. <laughs> this is 1999 as well. No one's ever done it. And... Uh, but apart from that, well, fair play. that, that went well, it. but that was a rough doing there. Yes. You know? So talk about, what was, were you having to fight in there to sort of prove yourself in the early stages? Like people yeah. testing you? And... Yeah, loads of that, loads of that, because I, because I couldn't speak the language. I was angry myself. I was full of uh, gear at first. Come down off that as well, you know? It like done my head in a little yeah, bit, and then lost. I was just arguing, I couldn't speak the language. And I just used to say, Fuck all the time. Well, fuck this, fuck that. But they just took fuck as I'm saying to like you, fuck you, or fuck off. I said, no, no, it don't mean that, you know? Like if I say, what the fuck, yeah? That doesn't mean I'm telling you to fuck off, but they were taking it all the wrong way. And then they're all just pulling out knives on that. And uh, I thought, like, what the fuck's going on here? Carlos, one guy who was in there for murder, he could speak, he could speak English, and he... Help me, help me interpret, you know, through the process. Yep. He went, listen, 
when he says fuck it doesn't mean fuck you or fuck that yeah it's like in spanish puta they say you know if you say that if you say that to somebody it's, you know it's bad uh puta madre this and that motherfucker but i was just saying it going you know they say there's loads of words i learned afterwards and then but you have to know how to say the swear word yeah yeah and so eventually you end up gaining respect and um, you end up making any friends in the jail? Or yes, 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 yes. But you met some powerful people in there as well. Yeah, so yeah, all these yeah. from around the world. Spain's Top like lads, a yeah. hub of Europe, isn't it, in terms yeah. of drug business? Uh-huh. And you, you met some serious people there. Yes, yes. Top kids from uh, Argentina, Panama, Venezuela, uh, Russia, Germany, uh, who had moved millions. Moved millions and... They gave me advice, but they were doing massive sentences, 140 years, and yeah. like and, uh, 100. Because in Spain, it's not like here. In Spain, if you do a crime, two crimes, three crimes, four crimes, they add them all on. Here, it, you can get like uh, concurrent, you know, uh, where you get two, three, four, two, three, four, yeah. and then you only end up doing four. Yeah. But in there, add them up, and those kids doing 140 years. Yeah, and what about uh, boyfriend and girlfriend as well? Did they end up going to the same jail as you? The like, same jail, but they were in uh, different wings. So uh, you weren't with you weren't even. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. He went to the main wing where there was about two hundred odd heads there, where there was a few of the English kids there, uh, but I was cate with only forty heads there. Yeah, with all the serious figures. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So you ended up getting through that sentence, thank the Lord. Um, and how long did you end up having to serve out there then? So you got four and a half. What did you do? Is it same as this country? Three. So you do two thirds out there. Yeah, 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 yes. yeah, yeah. And a third of the people in my wing had AIDS. Fucking hell. Because all the massive sentences. All injected. They're all injecting. Sharing needles. Sharing needles. Uh, because they know you ain't going to get free. And why do you want to live here? So the sooner you die, the better. You know, that was their way of thinking. And I was just thinking, I don't want to be like these people here, you know? And I had to like, I'd, I was on it as well. You know, I never injected it, yeah? Smoking it. Yeah, yeah. But, um, and then I knocked it all on the head and I thought, right, I'm gonna get back training, pull myself around, start to learn Spanish, and try and get myself fucking out of here. Thank the Lord, obviously the drugs didn't grip you and keep you there. Like, so well, that was a, well, that was a, you know, I could have gone right down there. Yeah. Yeah. So eventually you obviously end up getting released. Talk to me about how that process works and that. Did you end up getting deported straight back here? Deported, or, right. Or released in Spain? Gatwick, uh, they just came to me. My lawyer, he got me, he got me expulsion. He got me expulsion. So we left a little bit earlier, but two months earlier. I wasn't even expecting it. Nice. I was in the gym, I was on the bag, in my shorts and my vest, and then the screw went, Sandu. I went, right, okay, yeah? He went, your papers are here, you're free. Pack your stuff. I went, what? You know, pack your stuff. And then everybody else around me, they went, what, you're going? Because they're doing 140 years. You know that feeling, yeah? You know, I could see it in their eyes, yeah? They went, he's going home. And I could see, yeah, they're never going home. And it was quite bad. Anyway, my clothing, my shit, 
They'll say, check, can I have your shoes? Can I have your top? Yeah, can is, I have it, your it, jeans? Like I said, it can be quite sad in there. Like when you've only yeah. a couple of years or something, you don't even want to tell people when you find out half these people are in there for these yeah. numbers. And yeah. It's, uh, it's yeah. a bad moment. You can tell it's, uh, yeah. people get jealous, resentful, and then you obviously feel bad. Germans were, Germans were sick as fuck because these Germans were there. There was four of them. I had like ricks with all of them. Uh, it never came to a fight, you know, I offered them on, but they, they didn't want to know. Uh, but when they knew I was going, and they were, and they were looking at tents for kidnap, uh, they came from Germany to pick up this geezer, a uh, German geezer who'd fucked off to Spain to get him, bring him back to Germany, because he owed about 100 grand. They come back and they all got nicked and they, all, and they were looking at a tent. And it was only them when I seen in their faces, fucking hell, he's going home. The English guy's going home. But this is not normal, isn't it? German and England, yeah? They're gonna, they're gonna hate each other. But everybody else, the gypsies were all happy for me. They all got out their guitars, flamenco dancing in the yard. <laughs> it was quite funny and I gave them all my shit. So I got on the plane, marshaled up, uh, just in my shorts and my vest, handcuffed. They had to clear the last, 12 seats of the flight so they could sit with me and they sat there with guns. Yeah. Uh, Gatwick I went to when I went to Gatwick, took me out, cuffs off, and they're right, now fuck off. Did your family wait or did anyone even know? No, nobody, nobody, nobody there, nobody there. So I had no money, no nothing, zero. What did you do? Try I just walked or? around London. I walked around London all that night uh, just because I hadn't happily, seen anything. Happily, well, yeah. happy, yeah. yeah. Just in my fucking shorts and vest, and this is in February. Yeah. <laughs> and then I phoned my own man in the morning. I went, "Isn't that you have to sort me out a uh, train fare here?" Uh, he sorted it out. He sent the money to, to get me a train ticket. You know, you know, I couldn't even get back home. Yeah. And uh, so he sorted that out. And then after that, and then I'm sure, obviously, <clears throat> that must have been enough to put you off. Crying forever. Well, it should have been, shouldn't it? It should have been. So. It should have been. But after that, I thought I was. Did you not go back into any sort of normality straight away? Did you try and like get your head down for a little bit, just stay with your parents, obviously help out in the shop or anything like this, or was it just straight back to madness when you got back to the UK? Or... Right. Uh, what happened was the second week I was back, a friend of mine uh, was getting married. Malcolm Pape is a boxer. He's a boxer. He was getting a, that was his engagement do or whatever. So that's where I went. And then that's where I met guys from the past here. Well, I bet you had some crazy connections. Yes, well. yes, yes. And so they met me. They met me and uh, they went, Chet, what are you up to now? I went, fuck all. So they went, right, okay. Uh, couple of mine in the morning. He was a heavy figure. Gate said he was a hard man running the area. Uh, so we went back there. So I went to his in the morning. I trained with him and his firm. And, and it started from there. And then one of the firm got nicked, remanded. So then he goes to me, Chet, there's a there's an opening here if you want it. And at the time we were controlling the uh, prostitution in the northeast. 
Mm. We were closing everybody else down who opened anything up. Uh, we were a firm. If you worked, uh, there was no... Newcastle has never had a streetwalker no. problem where girls walk the streets because we because we because we cleared the streets uh, because we cleared the streets for the prostitutes. Uh, we said if you want to work, you got to work. You got to work in our flats. But we paid for the flats, paid for everything, paid for the rent, paid for the heating, paid for everything, and. Sixty pound a day is all we wanted of them. Yeah, and some of the girls were making a thousand pound a day. Yeah, and punters would come in, and if they didn't pay or they took the piss, they would phone one of us, and then we would just land with masks and fucking big fucking knives, chainsaws, whatever. Uh, they would get taxed, smashed the fuck. Uh, but the police were, were, were happy, happy with this. Because they said you are cleared up the uh, prostitution problem here. Yeah, would you let them have a cheap guys as well? In the yes, they did. We had a copper on the run. I mean, on the payroll. I can mention him if you wish. I don't know if right. Graham Brown. <laughs> Graham, I'm sorry, yeah, but he was a good copper, yeah. He was all right. He was all right, yeah. Seven stretch he got. He got, he got, he got more than us because when we all went to court, the judge says I can't give you any less than them, because when he went to court, he didn't open his mouth. Yeah. So what you ended up obviously, like you say, going to jail for this offence then. Yeah. Uh, and how long was it before you ended up going to jail? Did you have a good run or anything? About years? a year. About a year. And a year. About only... a year. Only out a year, and then I was back in until two thousand and three. Two thousand and three. And so when did you do the book as well? So you've done. No, the book. back in. 2003, no, 2002, I got out in 2007. And when did you do the Seven. King of Karachi? Then? That happened way afterwards. That was just like uh, Facebook stories. Yeah. Uh, somebody, I just used to st stick them on there and somebody said, listen, all these stories are good, you know. Yeah. He said, I'll make a book out of this. I went, yeah, can you? Go on then. But it was only 25,000 words. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. I've made a second book now. Yeah, yeah, I've read The King Karachi. It's probably the first book I right. think I ever read on the Amazon Kindle, you know, like the online book. The first uh, book that I ever uh, read like that uh -huh. about years ago. But I'm um, going back to the sentence then for the prostitution and all this sort of stuff. So that the whole group of you end up going to jail then. You have yeah, the police yeah. officer, obviously, like you say yourself. The copper. And then obviously uh, the firm as well. The You're, firm, all, four, all five of us, yeah. All go to the same jail together and that, and yes, so it was kind of all at not first, too yeah. Bad and well, we were all put in different wings, yeah, separated. Um, was that up north or Durham, yeah, Durham jail? We went all, and then from there, I had the biggest, I had the big one, the copper had the big one, but the copper went somewhere totally different, yeah. Because they're all linked, aren't they, really, you know? Uh, the prison service, the police service, they knew if they send a copper to a normal jail, he's going to get mashed up. Yeah, of course. Uh, because on his first few days, he asked to be in my cell when we first went, right? <laughs> this ain't normal, yeah? You, you can't pick who you want to be with. You had, like, uh, if my pal's here, yes, uh, Craney, who you met, yeah? 
if he's there, I'll say, right, okay, I want to, I want myself with him. They say, fuck you, yeah, you're going to go on with him. But the copper says, listen, I don't feel safe, yeah, Chet's okay, can I go with him? And I'm like, right, okay, so the copper came in with me, which was okay, right, because he kept his mouth shut, which is not what a lot of other people do, you know, uh, so he kept his mouth shut and we used to walk the yard. People used to say, Chet, that's a copper, you know. I went, yes, I know he's a fucking copper. He worked with us, yeah, okay. He didn't get paid nothing. All he got, he just gave us information, right, on tips. Yeah. You're going to get a raid here. This is going to get raided. That's going to get raided. And all he wanted was to fuck one or two girls at a time. That's all he got. That's all he got. Just sexual bullshit. Crazy. Crazy. But you know, like, by the time you're obviously back in prison again, yeah. you've only been out a year, then you're huh. back in, was there not a point where you thought, my God, what have I done? Why didn't I... The first six it? months, I was, like, taught a lesson. I knew, I thought, what the fuck have I just done here? Really because there... Sunk in, obviously, obviously, yeah, I yeah, there... Drugs. I sobered up, yeah, straight. You know, you know in Spain, I used to, like, sort of weed there, yeah? And they give you pills there because they want to keep everybody calm because yeah. we're all killers, yeah? So they want to keep you all calm. But in England, it ain't like that, you know? Uh, drug tests fucking every week, this, that. And I just wanted to get the fuck out. Uh, I just wanted to get the fuck out, keep my head down, do every course available, just try and be a good boy. So at this point here, you decided to turn your back on crime. Yes. This was a, a moment of yes. just done yes. two big stretches. Yes. And so you've got through that sentence without the drugs and you go to the gym, keep uh -huh. yourself healthy. Yes, every day, every yeah. day, and eating so, well. So, so how long did you end up serving with this second sentence then? Was it right, the second one, uh, seven, I did uh, four years. Mm. Parole, it went over my parole time. Yeah. So then I didn't think I was going to get it. Uh, they went, no, because you're quite bad, blah, blah, blah. Even though I did nothing bad. Cat D jail I was in. Yeah. Cat D jail, you're allowed to leave the jail, you know, to go and work. Yeah to do this, do that. I was the only one who wasn't allowed to leave the jail. So what's all that about? I mean, why am I here? I mean, why am I here, yeah? Because all my other mates are going out for six hours. That, they're fucking their wives. They're coming back with their fingers, yeah, where they've been poking their no. missus, and they're going to me, check, smell that. And I'm going, fuck you, motherfucker, yeah? I mean, listen, just take the piss out of me because they know I can't leave the fucking jail. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I said, why the fuck am I here? You know, I said to the screws, I went, why don't you put me back over the fucking wall again? Why am I in an open jail if I'm, if I'm not allowed to be open? Yeah. Anyway, it was a hard progress, but it went through when I did it. And like you say, yeah. so at this point here, what, when did you get released? What year was this then, roughly? 2007. 2007. You decided, right, I'm not doing any more. No, I've done, man. I've done, done man, I'm yeah. straight, legit. Yeah, baby. This makes sense. Yeah, my cunt was kicked in, yeah. And um, so what did you get into uh, straight away then? Obviously, Straight away then, right, what I do, uh, I work my cousins. Uh, we had a uh, cash and carry business going down, selling alcohol, blah, blah, blah. It was a straight business. Uh, my cousin took me on board. Yeah. Because uh, of people that used to buy stock and not pay. So you, 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 you <laughs> So I just used to go around and say, you, you're going to pay or not? Problem solver. And <laughs> but like, but like, I did it in a nice way, yes. you know? Uh, yeah, straight legitimate sort yes, of Yes, yes. Asking them. Asking them. Yeah. And uh, 
So then from there, and I... Then, then obviously you had the book that came out shortly after yes, that. Yes, the, the book, Rarachi, yes, yes. Which is obviously fantastic. Uh -huh. You got uh -huh. obviously some attention from that as well. Yes, yes. And um, obviously today, obviously you're a very successful man, obviously from the right. CBD and obviously yeah. other just well, At what point did you end up getting involved in the CBD? Obviously it's a relatively new industry. CBD, I've been involved with that for three years yes. with a friend of mine, Brian Charrington. Yeah. Um, you might know his dad. I've certainly heard of him. Curtis name. Warren. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Curtis, so I, I know. I interviewed... Uh, Curtis, is he alive, Curtis? Yeah, yeah, he's getting out of jail very shortly, but I interviewed a guy called Stephen Mee yeah. recently. Um, Stephen was Curtis's partner yeah. in Holland as well, and he ended up doing 16 years at one stretch. You know what I mean? So, yeah, it's no good, in it? It doesn't end well. It doesn't end well, because I don't know when to stop. They're still doing 160 kilo of cocaine from South America, and they've got millions in the bank. What, what they can't spend anyway, you can't spend that money anyway. And where are you going to leave it to? That money, they're going to die and it's going to be underground somewhere. You know? Uh, which is why I don't understand, yeah? Why do you still want to get involved in this shit if you've already got mills upon mills? But they can't help themselves. Absolutely. Yes. And they're doing trips, going abroad, this and that, taking people over, popping them on the boat, throwing them overboard. The staff. Uh, for the fishers, you know? No, uh, no good, is it? No good. Waste well, of time. Well, it's a waste of time, yeah, but if they're going to open their mouth, the sea is the best place for a minute. Of course, of <laughs> course. And so, talking about the CBD business and that, so you've been, obviously, you're a successful man. Is your uh, most of your money yes. you've made through the CBD in the last few years and that? Do you do well out of it? Yes, yes, yes. Excellent. Highly yeah. profitable. Yes, yes, it's and good. Are you a big advocate of it? Do you take it yourself every day? Do you take the oils I take and stuff it, like yes, this? Yes, I take it. It works. It uh, cures everything. And so, what does it? Why do you take it for? Just a general thing you take every well, day. Well, I take it because I had uh, premature arthritis first. The steroids I was taking, um, it was like a lot. I had like when I was 20, 28, no, twenty six. They said my bones were of a forty five year old. No. Yes, because it fucks your bones up, doesn't it? Mm. Plus, uh, it gives you a lot of. Uh, Skin conditions, this and that, blah, blah, blah. Our bodies, yeah, they work like this. We do not have an ibuprofen or an opiate system. So when you take these tablets, temporary effect. The side effects are worse. Yeah. That's why I never take a tablet. I never take a paracetamol. I never take anything. I don't take anything like that because it's all bollocks. Mm. Right. CBD I take only. Cannabis I take, okay? Sometimes I'll have a fucking smoke. Um, because our bodies are built in with a cannabinoid system built yeah. in. Yeah. The receptors are there. If you don't put this into your body, this is where things go wrong. Skin conditions, cancer cells yeah. build up. You get eczema, you get arthritis, you get Parkinson's, you get this and you get that. Uh, but if you take this, it's cured a lot of people. I know it's a bit illegal, yeah, that I can't really talk about the full effects of all this, yeah. um, but it does work, and it's helped a lot of people, a lot of people. Okay, perfect. And, and so people can order that directly from you? Or directly website? on my website, please. Yeah, if you can stick my website on the bottom. Yeah, put the website. What's it called? Check. Um, AlphaCBD.eu. Yes. And so that's your main business interest. Have you got any other business interests at the moment? Landlord. Yeah. I'm a landlord. Uh, when I before I went to jail, when I used to work with my mum and dad in the shop, we bought houses. 
And we bought houses in the 90s. Straight money then back then, yeah. We bought them for 15 to 18 grand. Now they're worth about 100 grand. You know. Yeah. So that's where we invest our money, you know. We had the shop money, stuck it into that, and Fantastic. got the rental income has been coming in, and now these houses are big money now, you know. Fantastic. So it's all works that so way. Constantly chasing up people for their rent then. Chasing them for the rent now. I'm gonna sell all my houses, not all of them. Why? But uh, why? Because I want a I want a mansion. Yes, Alpha Manor. We're gonna call it. Thug Mansion, some people have been saying, yeah, but I'm, I ain't going to call you a thug, yeah, because <laughs> it's going to put people off. <laughs> Alpha Manor, it's, it's going to be called, uh, it's going to be a big gaff with everything in it, studio, so built-in. Like stay there? Or people can, yeah, 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 you could go visit, have a day there, spend half a day with us. Uh, my friends will be there, there'll be girls working there as well. You can have a deal with them. They will take care of you. Nothing sexual is going to go down here. Not in my house. And no, and no, and no drugs neither. So, no, we mean laughing here. Yeah? <laughs> Ain't no sex and no drugs in my house, baby. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like quite a place. Have you got your eye on anywhere in particular? Where's it going to be up north? Uh, so. Well, I don't know yet. Yeah, this is what we're looking at. So you know, there's sell some property in 2022, and hopefully, well, well, I've already sold two of my houses. Yeah. Uh, this one I've sold, I've sold another one, I'm selling another one. So I just want to pay for this house cash. Yeah. Uh, with the, with the, the cash I've already got, because I can explain all that. Yeah. Um, and it's all good. Well, I can't wait to see it. Hopefully it comes in. Well, you're going to be coming I, up. Hopefully I could be there. You're the going to stay the night, yeah, baby. Watch the see what's going on, baby. You ain't going to lose. So, you ain't um, going to leave, man. Yeah, I can't wait for that. <laughs> And so talk to me about the, the QFC as well, the Quarantine Fight Club, is yes. it called? Yes, uh -huh. And is, uh -huh. is that something you're actually part of it? Are you one of the yes, yes. founders of it? I fund it, yeah. I fund it. And with, what, uh, what is it then? So talk to right, what is it? What is it? Um, do you want to get Cranny involved? He can, he can explain oh, as well. <laughs> right, what it is, it's just like a bit crazy, yeah? It's not like uh, normal fighting, yeah? It's like... Two on ones, three on ones. Fucking hell. <laughs> yeah. Grudge matches, people that don't like each other. Nice. You can get in the ring, stick on the gloves, it's all safe. We've got docs there, the medics, no one's going to get hurt. And you can have a fight in a safe place, you know, and instead of on the street and hurt yourself. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, this is our thing, and I'm fighting on the first show as well. And uh, So wh just when is this show? 22nd of January. At Maggie's at Halifax. So people can they can buy tickets to this, or would it be streamed? Yes, as yes, well, we or? got yeah. Well, yes, yeah, be streamed. Pay per view. Uh, that's gonna be organised. Pay per view. We're only gonna charge. We're only gonna charge a fiver. We're just keeping all our costs low, 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 so people can see it. It's just like a circus, yeah, you know. Nice. Where there's one fight. Six on ones. You see, uh, you see it's gone crazy recently. This is what people want. Like, this is what people want. Yeah. I interviewed that little man recently, the midget, who's come out of jail after being a career criminal, oh. and he's become a star boxer. Get that midget. Get that. Get the midget so, on QFC. So he's, he's a star, <laughs> get that midget on QFC. Where is he? Where is he? Where is he? Tell him to give me a ring. So, uh, Tell the midget to give me a ring. And so, in terms <laughs> of people keeping updated with all this stuff, you, yeah. you're putting all the information out in your social media yeah. all the time. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, Follow your Facebook and stuff like this. So yes. Find out all the information about Instagram. Yeah, sure. Instagram. Uh -huh. 
Perfect, and obviously the links will be for that below. And you mentioned earlier you've got uh, a second book. Is that out yet, or is that right? That's getting uh, published by Sean Atwood. It's a big shout out to Sean Atwood. Sean Atwood, Sean Atwood, big shout out, brother. Yeah, he's done a lot for me. Yeah, but you still owe me one or two favors here and there as well. <laughs> Because I've never had to expense stuff on the motherfucker this as well. And he's, he's got enough money as well. Yeah, no, has he? Yeah. Well. Yeah, he makes out his fucking skin. Sure, <laughs> he makes out his skin, the motherfucker. So, right, but anyway. Is, is the book written already? The book's done, yeah. And who wrote the book? Did you have someone me, to help me? you? Or you actually yeah, wrote yeah, the book? Yeah, 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 me, me. Me, I wrote it. Uh, but it just needs to be put in. Spelling mistakes, yeah, grammar. Yeah. Paragraphs, and this is a bit chapters. more in depth than the King of Crime. Yes, this is from me when I was, from my early days, from when I was three. It's one hundred and twenty thousand words, so it's bigger than a novel. Eighty thousand words is a novel, so I've I've gone over that, and so I can't wait to see that come out. And I've yeah. said something that would obviously be great for you is the audio book, which I know Sean specialises in. Will you get yeah. the audio book? Yes, you I will. Give your own voice. Yes, I will do that. Like yeah. Sean says most of the time, people actually. Audio books more than the people who read Yeah, these yeah, days. I know this. Yeah, this is what I've been told. So, okay, I will do an audio book as well. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, like I say, you've got lots of stuff coming up this yeah. year. You've got the fight. Uh, is it? You're training hard at the moment. Training hard. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have days on, days off. Uh, you've come today. Are you so... not on steroids anymore then? No, no, no. Not at the minute. Not at the minute, no. No, 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 no. Uh, now it's just uh, my oils, CBD, eating well. Yeah. And that's it, you know. Um, keep myself right. Uh, this fight, I think I've just got it like, uh, I need an incentive. Otherwise, you just get like slack, don't you, you know. So have you got a uh, tough opponent? Tough opponent, Wesley, real deal, meal deal, if you call him, O'Neill. <laughs> Shout out to Wes, okay? Um, he's an alright boy. He's an alright boy. He's had 300 odd fights. Uh, I'm not going to say how many he's won or whatever, okay? It's, it's my first fight, this. So, we've got to take all that in consideration. Plus, he's only half my age. Yeah. So... I think it's fair. Fair play to you. And so what are you doing? Looking to sort of dip your toes into what, see how it feels, then maybe it could be something that carries on. And see how maybe, it feels, yeah. And, and then yeah. maybe after that, if there's anyone that you potential opponents that you've got your eye on, people that maybe, like I say, that you can resolve conflicts through. <laughs> yes, yes, I mean? yes, yes. This is what I'm going to do on the show. So, call out, yeah. So, there's certain names. You, you've had them on your show. Already? They're going to get called out, baby. Okay. They're getting okay. called out, motherfuckers. You want to go? Let's go, baby. <laughs> well, I look forward to seeing it. Maybe I can come down at the night and uh, do some work with of you. Of course, of course. Uh, That's if they show up. Yeah, That's so. if they show up, yeah. So, um, but like I said, um, I'd like, like I said at the start, I'd like to really thank you for the opportunity today to come up here and chat. And hopefully, obviously, down the line, we can start doing more and more bits together. Because today it's more of a general one, so people can sort of understand your story. And then sure. maybe we can come back and talk about the Spanish time in particular. Like I said, you spent three years there. Right. Years without um and going to more depth but uh, right. i'd like to say much appreciate the opportunity thank you very much i look forward to seeing you uh win your fight on february 22nd you said yes yes and no, uh, january 22nd january tw so it's literally only in a couple of two weeks, weeks or something yeah jesus i need to sort myself out a little so bit as well yeah you sparring regularly <laughs> sparring not yet but we will be with craney yeah me and anthony craney you'll do a bit of sparring yeah nice 
And so, did you want to do any shout outs today? Did you want to introduce Craney? Shout out, Craney. Craney, get your ass here, motherfucker. Come on. You really do what you want to This is Craney here. Yeah. Yeah, he's been helping me out a lot. Yeah. Yes, we train together. Uh, Craney, do you want to have a bit, bit of talk about yourself? I'm fighting BFBE on the 23rd of February. It's on pay per view. Tune in, give us a watch. Fantastic. Training hard, ready to go. And he's you... 24, he's only a young kid yet. Nice, nice. We'll look forward to it. Good luck. And are you part of the QFC as well? Or not? You're uh, going to yeah, I'm going. I'm doing three on one. I'm fighting three people at once, so it's all just a laugh, really, isn't it? Yeah. Something to do. And so you're quite an experienced fighter? I've had, I've had enough. Yeah. Had over 200 fights altogether. And so the BFBA actually looks like a real good show. It looks like it's really coming up. Yeah, moment, yeah, it's, it? doing, it's doing really well for itself. It's doing, it's doing bits in it, so it'll be good to be a part of it. Yeah, nice. So, uh, yeah, I look forward to seeing your career sort of flourish and stuff like this. And hopefully QFC can become a big thing in the next few years. QFC, so. I think so, yes, because we're giving something uh, what hasn't been seen before. You know, and Sean's got a lot of links in America. Yep. I think the, the Americans will love to watch... English, English idiots. They were, they were <laughs> <shit>. <laughs> English idiots just going stupid. I think that I think it's you know it's you know, I think it's a worker. Yeah, it's nice. So like I said, you've got lots of stuff coming up. Both you guys got fights coming up. You've got book coming up. Yeah, I'm sure you're going to be doing lots more stuff with Sean Atwood. We'll put the link in the yep. description for your playlist. And is do you want to guys tell you social medias where people can reach out to you? What's your social media? Social Instagram. media, Instagram. I have Chetsandu six six six. But I don't answer any messages and I don't read no comments on there. Uh, there's certain people, you know who they are. Uh, they have fake profiles and they just send me abuse and abuse and abuse. Uh, Mention my mother, my kids, my daughters. Um, you've interviewed, you've interviewed one as well, yeah. Who is uh, liable for all of this fucking bullshit, yeah? Okay. And um, you're going to get called out, baby. I'm going to say your fucking name now, yeah? But you're going to get called out in the ring, okay? You're getting called out. You're young, younger than me, bigger than me. You take steroids, think you're the big man. Let's see who the fucking big man is, baby. Let's go. Well, we can't wait for that. And like I yeah. said, Chet, I want to really thank you. Wish you the best of luck this year. You're yeah. doing really well, and hopefully yeah. long may it continue. Sure. Thank you very much. Until next time. Okay, thank brother. You. Thank you. Thank you.